Thanks for joining us at the Good Mood Clinic podcast, where we get to the heart of the matter about what makes us humans tick. We're Justine Corrie and Gemma Gladstone, two clinical psychologists and schema therapists, and we're passionate about helping you break unwanted life patterns and finding new ways to understand yourself and those tricky people around you. Life is way too short to be derailed by our schemas, by self-sabotage, toxic relationships or a lack of self-worth. So let's tackle this together and help you reclaim your life and who you really are. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name's Gemma Gladstone. It's great to have you with us again. In today's episode, Justine and I answer a question put to us by one of the members of our schema circle. Now, this question is a great question and you'll get a lot out of um, our discussion on it if you currently have teenagers or tweens and you're thinking about different ways to parent them, particularly when things don't go so well. And uh, Justine discusses some lovely ways we can think about reconnecting with our kids and staying calm in the heat of the moment. So we hope you enjoy that. If you're interested in finding more about getting on the wait list for when we next open our doors to the Schema Circle, please do click on the link below to put your name down and then we'll get more information to you. Also, you'll find in the show notes a link to our other resources, so feel free to have a look at those. And now let's check out the question. What's our next one? Um, Now this is a parenting question. Oh, yes, parent. Let me just read that out. Yeah, read that out. Okay, so this is a... A generalized, a very general question, but a good one. It's how to be a good parent, how to remain in the healthy adult position in relation with a teenager whose behavior is defiant and rebellious. Yes. And I don't know how many of you have teenage children. I do myself, and it is something I struggle with as well, because there's nothing more challenging than a than a child who's transitioned from, you know, a relatively, you know, compliant and pleasant young child to a more uh, asserting, self-absorbed, dare I say, a bit entitled somewhat teenager, which is all developmentally normal but can really, really trigger you, particularly when they're not ready to accept your influence and take on board what you're saying. What age What age do you think that happens where they're, 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 they stop accepting your influence? Um, I it depends. Yeah, let me think. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, definitely I would say by age 12 or 13, mm. their peers, like the, the, the problem is their peers start to become way more important than yeah. their relationship with their family, which is once again developmentally normal. It's, I, I almost imagine they're like your teenage child looking out to the world going, great, I want to dive in. This is what's important to me now. And you're left behind. They've got their back to you, but you're meant to be this, you know, unconditional safety net that they can fall back into when whatever they're doing out there doesn't work out. But they don't want you interfering. They want to, yeah. 
And so I suppose the the conflict happens when you're trying to get them to entertain consequences or put down boundaries and they're going, no, you stay behind there. I'm going to do my own thing. So those flashpoints, you know, I suppose it all depends what your schemas are as a parent hmm. um, or depend, will determine how intense your reaction is. In terms of the healthy adult mode, in terms of what you're actually trying to uh, do in those moments, and I've said this before, but it's a great analogy, be the lighthouse. In other words, don't really react and try not to take it personally because you don't want to give them anything to push against. So that's kind of what you're aiming for. You're you're wanting to tolerate their anger at you and, you know, sometimes it can feel quite abusive, actually, really, really unfair. But in that moment, you have to be just pretty uh, non-reactive and not get angry back to inflame the situation because that will make it calm down, you know, as soon as possible. And then you would circle back to them when they calm themselves and have a conversation about what actually happened. So the rupture with you and then once that's sorted out, whatever the content is of, you know, what you're trying to get them to entertain or consider. Mm. But, yeah, sorry. No, I was going to say some parents get very upset about being disrespected and I know what if in the moment the child is really flips into quite a bullying attack mode where they're just sort of saying horrible things or you know whatever swearing at you or just being really rude and obnoxious yeah people often go oh like how do I respond to that do I do I what do I do like do you Mm. expect me to be the lighthouse then like (laughs) so what what would you say to that? I'm, I'm sorry, but yes, that's what you have to be. And I think right. you have to not use the word disrespected and actually uh-huh. acknowledge what it really is, which uh-huh. is like hurt. Hmm. You, might, you might feel abandoned. You might feel quite ashamed. You, you mean as the parent? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so actually be more, notice the vulnerability you're having rather than saying disrespected because having that formulation of what's going on gives you, in a way, permission to be angry. Because when you feel disrespected, you want to put a boundary down. Mm-hmm. And if you're really focusing on having a good relationship with your teenager, mm-hmm. that moment is not the time to put a boundary down because you'll just create World War Three. They will keep going and you keep going before you know it. Mm. The rupture's even bigger. So what I try and do, look, I'm not perfect either, depends on how you know, if I'm in my window of tolerance or not, is I would say something like, you know, if I get some degree of angry, you know, swear words or dismissiveness or even contempt, teenagers mm. are great at contempt. The side eye the teenage can give you is next level. <laughs> what? The side <laughs> eye. Have you, have you, you know, it's like, it's like. All like, right. Literally like, the contempt. It's like, it's just. They, so Justine's looking at me like, yeah. Like, 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 who the hell are you? Like, almost half yeah. turned and going, do I really have to entertain what you're saying right now? I don't think so. You're pathetic, Mum. That's yeah, what it looks that's like. that's right. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would say something like, um, oh, no. wow, I know. Uh, if I'm in my window of tolerance, I'd say something like, wow, you must be really angry to talk to me like that. I'm just going to let you calm down and we're going to circle back to this later. Mm-hmm. And then you walk away. Mm-hmm. And they might heal abuse after you as you walk away because then they feel powerless. They don't like that. But you've taken the high ground and then you go and do your own self-regulation. Right. You you call a Gemma. <laughs> you, 
you call the equivalent like a, a good friend in your life or you journal or you just do some deep breathing and you pat yourself on the back for being so self-regulated even though there's another voice in there saying, oh, my God, like you were so disrespected, you were just a doormat. Actually, you weren't, you did the right thing. Mm. And then when you're calm, you try and go back and talk to them about what happened. But you have to catch them when they're actually calm and wanting to reconnect because you have to trust that even though they still look kind of shut down and angry, they're probably feeling quite ashamed and guilty for what they've done deep down. Like even though teenagers look like they don't care about um, their relationships with their parents, actually they do. They actually do really want a good relationship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So don't give up on them. Don't kind of freeze them out. Don't stonewall them. Don't go, oh, they're just being a teenager and dismiss it because actually if you can time it right, you can have a lovely moment of connection after moments like this because mm-hmm. they actually want to come good. They can be vulnerable. They might have a cry. You might have a cry. Uh, and then when the relationship is connected again, mm-hmm. then you can actually maybe talk to them about whatever you were trying to talk to them about in the first place. Right, right. So if I'm, um, this is good. This is good stuff. So, so if I'm like a 14-year-old girl, and you and you know i i really want to go to this thing yeah you don't want me to go Mm -hmm. right and so we have an argument and i get really really angry and i say all sorts of things to you that are very hurtful like you're not as good as the other mothers and such and such as letting them go and you're just horrible and then I swear at you and then I say, you know, then I get real and say you're pathetic and then you say the, then what do you say to that? We're having the argument. Wow, you, you must say, be really angry at me to talk to me like that. Right, right. Okay. And then, you know, and then I just say, go fuck yourself, mum. Yeah. I hate your guts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I hate uh, your guts and you're just hope. Don't pathology, don't. Don't psychoanalyze yeah. me because, you know, don't psychoanalyze me. That's all bullshit. You're not even a good psychologist. You're a bad mum and a bad psychologist. And then I slam, I walk out the door and then I walk off. Do you have a CCTV camera in my house, Gemma? What? <laughs> I'm just psychic. No. <laughs> Is that what happens? <laughs> Gee, okay. Um, yeah, you know, it's so funny. When then what? That, that, I don't know how many other um psychologists are listening who are also mothers but having the psychologist you know label thrown at you is its mm. own special kind of um, mm, you're a pathetic psych- is that how yeah. you speak to your clients god you're hopeless you're a pathetic psychologist you call yourself a psychologist yeah okay yeah and so i've slammed the door i've walked yeah. out and everything like that and so what, the what child's happens? walked away you just yeah. walk away you just walk away okay you just you just like but just know they are now in their room alone feeling awful. I think it's it's important. Well, actually, no, to... she's just walked out the front and jumped in a car with a few 16-year-olds. Right, and then dri- driven off. <laughs> what then? Well, I mean, I think sometimes as a parent you have to acknowledge your powerlessness. Oh, okay. You know, you can feel yeah. very, very powerless when mm-hmm. you're a guaranteed a teenager. Mm. And that's when you just have to trust that up until that point, you know, you know they've got some self-respect and they self-preserve mm-hmm. and by and large they make good choices and mm-hmm. they'll calm down and then you're better to talk to them about it. Like 
Okay, so let's that. assume she's gone into the room or gone out or whatever. Yeah. And then later on. Yeah. So later on, she's not, she's just moping about mm-hmm. being all surly. Yeah. And she, <laughs> and she's not bringing anything up. Angry you. protector mode. Yeah, she's just angry protector. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. When and at what point would you try to, do you wait or are you you making a move? What are you doing? Well, I suppose if this is your way of generally responding, they kind of know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And a part of them actually wants the reconnection. Mm. And they know that they're going to feel safe again. Yeah. So if that's happening to me, I would see that as a sign that actually she wants proximity but she doesn't, but she's still a bit angry at me, but she's not as angry as she was. Right. And she probably wants me to say something. Right. And so you don't say, all right, you can have your way. You can go. No. <laughs> just, I mean, I, I knew the answer to that, but yeah. I'm just throwing yes. it out there. Yeah. So you're uh, obviously not placating something where you've no. made a decision as a parent. No. That you're not. No. Okay. So we're not doing that because if we do that, what happens? Well, you end up with an entitled exactly. child who right. can't entertain boundaries. and Right. So yeah. you're not turning into a doormat, but no. what you're saying is you're the lighthouse, you're calm, you're not losing it in the face of them losing it. You're no. engaging and you're saying to yourself, just just calm, healthy adult, breathe. Oh, I'm not going to lose it. Emergency, play the yep. long game. Right, I'm not going to lose it. Yeah, my little girl's still in there. She's just going through a tough time, yep. and I'm a safe person to be angry at. Right, generally, yes. which is so important know. for them to learn that. Yes. Well, hopefully, some of the, these people do exist. That you can. It doesn't mean a huge rupture if you have an argument or you Correct. express something. Okay. Yeah. So you're the lighthouse. Now, tell me the difference, Justine, between a lighthouse and a doormat. Okay, well, a lighthouse has boundaries still. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like you know what you want to say no or yes to, um, and you're very clear about that. And you probably yeah. made that decision before this big rupture. You know, yeah, and probably yeah. your child knows that too if you've communicated things before. But you are happy to kind of handle the emotions they have around hearing that caring no. Right. So sometimes things are caring no's. It's not being you authoritarian. Mm. You're doing it for a good reason that they probably already know and that you can reinforce later when they're calm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a good explanation. A caring, a caring no. A caring yeah. no. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah. And so then you kind of, you may have to make a few bids, you know, if you sort of throw a bit of bait, if you see them kind of wanting proximity or, you know, if, if a bit of time has passed and they're still in their room, you mm-hmm. might just knock on the door and say, "Hey, just wanted to check on you. You were really upset before." Okay, how so are you feeling now? Do you ever call? Would you call out the behaviour? Yeah, like the swearing at you, yeah. saying all the mean things. What yeah. would you? How would you address that? Um, you'd say, you know, like you would always, you'd always want to point out that actually you must have been really upset and angry and probably anxious and, you know, mm-hmm. worried about missing out with your friends. I get that, but you really can't speak to me that way when you're angry. Okay. It's okay to be angry, but verbal abuse, not okay. Mm. So going back to the emotion coaching stuff. Yeah. So we are coaching what we see, we, we name it, label it, yeah. validate it even, yeah. but then we're drawing a, a limit and saying, I get that you're angry. It is okay to be angry and disappointed. Yeah. But. It's not okay to 
do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And they might go, no, no, fine, fine, sorry, sorry. I don't want to talk about it. You know, like they, they might try and brush you away because then they're feeling a bit of shame. They don't want to feel that way, shame and guilt. Right, right. Are you waiting and, for them in the moment to say sorry? Or well, is that not important to you? No, like, it is. Yeah. Well, you, you just want to hear a genuine reflection mm-hmm. that isn't just them getting out of an uncomfortable feeling. You actually want them to know that it's okay to feel shame and guilt. They need to feel a bit of that if they want to not do this going forward. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's just how human beings learn and yeah. to inhibit things. That's the function of those Appropriate shame, shame and guilt. Yeah, not, and that's, not toxic. Yeah, because yeah, toxic shame and guilt in that way would be, you know, what kind of a person are you to yell and scream at your mother? You should be so ashamed of yourself. Yeah, right. You are just, that is just horrible, blah, 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 going on like that. Yeah, that wouldn't no, be good. like that's, right. yeah, you're, you're basically, I mean, that message is you're a bad person. <clears throat> And yeah. I'm, just, I'm disgusted with you rather than you're a good person. I love you. I know you probably didn't mean that. I know you're feeling ashamed and guilty now, but I really need you to entertain how you're not going to do that again because that's not going to serve you. Are you writing this down? Whoever's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. Okay. I think it's recorded. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. That's great. I really like that last phrase, so I'll have to remember it. What so this isn't going to serve you? Well, that's good. The way yeah. the the how you just wrapped it all up there. Yeah. It's good. Well, yeah, I I think it is important to not just make it about you and her or you and him. Mm-hmm. I think you have to let them know that you know this is like a practice session. This this relationship yeah. is a really safe place to to practice resolving all sorts of things mm. because you know this is going to set them in good stead to have good relationships out there when they're older. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Great. Okay. And I promise you, like, you know, obviously I do this with my some of my clients who are parents. It feels, you feel like you are a doormat initially. If you're like, if you don't get the repair and the great conversation and the, the fact you can see them calm down and accept your influence, it can be really hard to imagine how it's going to work, but I promise you it does because you have to believe that your teen actually really wants a good relationship with you. I have not met a teenager who, you know, if they're really honest with themselves, um, yeah. wants to shut their parents out. Like that's actually not what they want. They actually want to feel safe. They want to know that you're behind them, the safety net, the safe mm. place to be while they go out and work out who they want to be in the world. Yeah. Mm. You've really got to be that rock solid foundation. Yeah. yeah. Even if you're not the most important person to them all the time yeah. anymore, which is a bit of transition in parenting, you know, like there's a bit of. Be a, yeah, there'd be a lot of people listening to this going, I wish I would have had that. Yeah. As a child yeah. and a teen. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, I, I, if I ever hear a client say, oh, you know, yeah, look, you know, he's, he's, he's just a teenager, you know, he's just up in his room or alone. All alone, he doesn't want to talk to me. I'm like, whoa, 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 right? You know, like I just think that that's such a missed opportunity to, you know, be a important presence in their lives that they can tap into when they need. Like when 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 teenagers get into trouble and keep making mistakes, it's because they don't feel they can go to a parent or, or caregiver and be honest with what they're experiencing and get guidance without judgment. Like that's what they need. Mm. So what what would you do in that kind of situation? Because I imagine there are a lot of 
parents struggling with, you know, struggling with that isolated behaviour where the teen goes into the room and they're either on their devices or they're so and they're 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 kind of oh and I suppose for for got boys they're just the monosyllabic kind of grunting response. Mm. They're in their room, they don't want to kind of know. And then so one response is for the parent to go, oh yeah, whatever, he's dinner. That's just a that's what they do. How would you respond there? Like what would you do differently than just the kind of, I suppose, is that deta- that would be more of a detached parental position to be just going, oh, whatever, you know. Yeah, well, there's sort of what you do outside of those moments and then that's what you do in the moment. So mm. it's how you set up your um, expectations at home around time together and rules around screen time, et cetera. So with my kids, they've only ever had a social media budget, right? Mm-hmm. So they aren't actually able to spend hours on their phone scrolling. Mm. So, you know, that just takes, yes. they're allowed an hour a day and they can decide whether they want 40 minutes on Snapchat or 20 minutes on Instagram or whatever that is. That's the autonomy they allowed, but only one hour. And you actually just drag them out of their room and you you choose to have fun with them, right? So it's just like any relationship, you know, that five-to-one ratio that Gottman's talk about, five positive interactions to one negative. Mm-hmm. As a parent, yeah. you have to create that with them. You have yeah. to make create the space for them to come and have that feeling with you they're not going to do it themselves but if you do it they will like it you know what yeah, I mean like yeah. they actually do want it so don't think that they're off there you know ignoring you they would actually you know that there's still that little person yeah. in there who wants yeah. to be close to their parent we need to get over our parents I mean look this is why Gemma and I have a job <laughs> like you know our 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 relationship with our parents are always important to us whether it's a good or a bad one it's always a reference point so as a parent you know you're you're in charge of the connection not not the child so if you've got a monosyllabic teen boy whether you're a mother or a father you get inventive and you start creating experiences that they're going to want to enjoy with you and when you have those fun times Mm -hmm. they are more likely to accept your influence when you're having to put a boundary down Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Very so, good. Thank you. Very helpful. I hope that's been helpful for the person who wrote that question. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like, I actually enjoy parenting teenagers. Yeah. Oh, good. You said you prefer that phase. You said that. I do. Yeah I, think, yeah. I think we're all, you know, yeah. all of us have a natural inclination for particular parenting stages. We all have strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Well, I'm just we're just on the sort of cusp of that, so I assume that's going to kick in very soon. Need a bit of a shock. <laughs> yes. Hello. Mm. Got my uh, I've got my coach on tap. Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, does anybody have any other? Uh, we've got one other one to address. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to share it with others. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notifications when new shows are released. You can visit us at goodmood.com.au forward slash podcast for more information. You know, this podcast is intended for learning and entertainment purposes, and we really hope it achieves that. But because it's not a substitute for personal therapy, we'd like you to consult a qualified mental health professional for tailored support. Bye for now.